Wesley, you are on the North Seattle team. Um, I was really interested to talk to you because during the area huddle, you mentioned that you um, like to get up at 4.30 in the morning because of uh, uh, one Jocko Willinks, I believe. Do you want to talk a little bit about um, about that experience in your life? Yeah, man, it, it's... It's really challenging for me to wake up that early in the morning. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I, def- <laughs> I definitely did get that from Jocko Wheeling. And, I mean, I've, I've always had this idea, you know, before I even started listening to him is, uh, you know, if I wake up early in the day, mm-hmm. you know, you get more stuff done. My mm-hmm. my uh, my adversaries or whatever, my counterparts, you know, they're sleeping. Let me, let me do something, right? Right. And uh, I always just feel like there's never enough time to do anything. And that's like one of my biggest uh, ever since the Navy. It's always hurry up, hurry up. And OK, now we're going to wait and just like waste this time waiting. You know, and it's just I just can't stand it. So, yeah, if I wake up early, I can just get more stuff done. And, and it's really just like the first battle of the day. Right. If I can do that, then I know the rest of the day. It's, it's just like I just overcame probably the biggest hurdle. Of my day is not hitting that snooze button and getting up. So some days I win, some days I lose. But um. It's definitely a challenge, and I I enjoy it. That's interesting. I didn't know you were in the Navy. Yeah, yeah. so I did a uh, I did six years in the Navy um, wow. on a submarine. Wow. What were you doing? So um, my my technical job was logistics specialist. So I did all the supplies and the uh-huh. financials, and then underway, I either drove it or I sat in a sonar shack. Wow. So. I'm I'm sure you're you're like uh, when you were on the sub you were probably you know on service for weeks at a time months at a time or how long oh, did you have to be deployed? Yeah, months at a time. Um, I was fortunate that when I got there they're converting it to a science submarine. So all I did was I, I didn't go on like any real deployment missions. I went on uh-huh. science missions to the uh, to the North Pole. Oh, so okay. Yeah, instead of the standard six month deployment, I did five-month deployments, and, you know, three of it was under ice in the Arctic Circle. Wow. Wow, what was the, um, what was the North Pole like? I don't think very many people are, have the uh, ability to go there. Yeah, it's, um, it's, you know, it's definitely cold. Um, you know, when you're up there, when you break through the ice and you're walking around, you, you know, it's really easy to forget that I'm just walking on, like, I'm literally walking on water. It's just frozen water. Yeah, yeah. And, you can hear the ice in you. A little bit, right? You can feel <laughs> it. And then, uh, you know, you can hear the ice moving around, shifting around. Um, there, there's definitely wow. animals, polar bears, Arctic foxes. So it's not, I mean, there's no wildlife, but there is wildlife. Have you seen uh, a whale up close? Uh, not in the Arctic Circle. I saw them when we were in Hawaii uh, on the surface. Oh, okay, cool. That's awesome, dude. I didn't, I didn't know that you uh, spent six years in the Navy. That's, see... These are things that like don't come out really in uh, everyday conversation. You kind of gotta dig around. Yeah, and that's the real interesting thing about these podcasts. I think that it's be great. Um, so one of the things that I've been really getting into is um, obviously listening to podcasts myself. But a lot of these guys are big into like self education and reading and developing personal skills. Um, is there anything that you're learning about that you find interesting or um, any any books that you want to recommend? Yeah, I mean, just uh, a couple books that have really changed my career. One would be that Never Split the Difference book. I mean, I've, I've taken 
so much out of that book and applied it. And the first time I did it, it was like super awkward. I was like, there's no way this is ever going to work. This is so hokey. And the first time I did it, I threw it up as a Hail Mary and mm -hmm. it's, it took, and I was doing a job shadow with my boss and I was like so shocked that it took, like, I didn't know the next step. I was just like, I just want to sit there and celebrate that. Oh my God, this amazingly just worked. And, uh, yeah, so, so ever since then I, I've been bought into it and, so that's one book. And then the other book that I review from time to time is um, Extreme Ownership, How Navy Seals Lead and Win. There's a lot of um, a lot of things in that book that you can apply in your, your personal life, in, in your career. Uh -huh. um, and, I mean, they just make sense and they're just painted in a picture that's digestible and easy to understand and follow. That's cool. So let's talk about uh, Never Split a Difference. So for anyone listening, that's a uh, titled – Never Split a Difference, Negotiating as if Your Life Depended on It, um, authored by Christopher Voss and Tal Raz. That's the one you're talking about, right? Yep, that's the book. Okay. And just a little background on it. Um, for anyone who hasn't read it, it, it looks like it was written by um, an actual hostage negotiator from the FBI. Yeah. So it, how do you, if, how do you uh, utilize those methods in sales? Like I noticed you put a lot of stuff about, um, you know – positioning stuff as of like you know would it be ridiculous for you to consider this right i'm sure that's where you got it from exactly yeah okay and what was like the most interesting thing you found that worked for you well yeah just just um you know reading that and then i kind of go a little bit further and he does a pretty good job in the book explaining like mm -hmm. why it works right it's, it's all neuroscience based and you know our brains, we're all individuals, but, you know, we have biology. Our brains work a certain way. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, it's, it's like, you know, you ask a yes question, there's three types of yes. You can get counterfeit, commitment, and uh, confirmation, right? And commitment actually causes anxiety. So if someone wants to say yes because of that underlying anxiety, they'll probably just say no to you to, to avoid that anxiety. So um, when you say no, though, there's only one way to say no, and when you say it, you feel safe and protected. So by asking a calibrated no question, you know, it makes the your your counterpart feel safe and protected, but it's also leading them down the path that I want them to go down. That's interesting. Um, yeah, and I saw an example of that yesterday myself. Um, I had a customer who was paying like you know 65 bucks for internet. He was getting 40 Mbps, and basically. This happens all the time, I'm sure, but um, you, you offer him, you know, what if I could get you 250 Mbps for 49.99? And he said, <laughs> you know what, I'm good. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Right? So that that's one of those examples where he's he, he wants to say yes, but saying yes would actually make him look like an idiot, right? So it's easier for him just to say no. Um, how would you How would you get a calibrated no? Yeah, so it's just like, you know, would it be a ridiculous idea for you to consider switching to Comcast if I can give you better speed and save you some money? You know, um, yeah. one that I currently use a lot is I go to events with the, the car reps and we do these raffles. And before I'd be like, hey, do you want to run our raffle? Would you want to enter the raffle? And everyone's no, no, I'm good. And potentially they want to enter it, right? But what's what's the hook? What's the catch? What's the commitment? Right. But when I change it to... Would it be a ridiculous idea for you to enter a raffle and win this gift basket? 99% of the people say, no, it's not a ridiculous idea. And now I've got people entering these raffles and we use it for different purposes. But just by switching how I ask a question, I've gotten tremendous results from it. That's really interesting. Um, it, so 
is ridiculous is that uh, vocabulary that comes directly from that book? Yeah, so the the vocabulary he uses is, you know, would it be a ridiculous idea? And, you know, because most times like, no, it's not a ridiculous idea. And if it is like an absolute ridiculous idea, mm -hmm. what tends to follow is the true objection and not a brush off it brush off objection right, right you're getting you're getting to the meat of the problem correct and then another one is like you know would you be against and again it's, it's a common cultural thing no one really wants to be against anything and if they are they're going to tell you the firm objection on why they're against it right Interesting. um so th those are the two that come directly from the book and i use the most he, he has others but those are the two most effective ones that i use yeah and and the reason why this is like one of the best questions to uh, in my opinion, is because books cost, you know, what, 10, 20 bucks and ha can increase your earning potential. Like, you know, you've probably, you've probably made way more sales because you have this knowledge, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah, books are definitely the best investment in yourself and they're cheap and they don't, all, all it takes is time to read it. Uh, you can even get it on Audible if anyone uses Amazon. Audible is really nice. You can put it, um, you could just listen to it while you're in your car driving because I know a lot of us are in our cars for hours and hours every day. And instead of taking that time and listening to, you know, the same music over and over again, you could actually, you know, increase your earning power by two, three times. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, thank you for that, Wesley. This is, uh, this is something that I haven't read yet personally. I'm definitely going to check out. Yeah, perfect, man. Um, and then I also wanted to ask you this is kind of like a meme question but uh what purchase of 100 bucks or less has most impacted your life in recent memory yeah and this this is gonna sound kind of silly but it has high importance to me but um every time me and my wife go someplace we've never been we get you know those silly refrigerator magnets yeah yeah my parents did that they had a whole fridge covered <laughs> yeah we, we we need a second fridge just for the magnets almost um and it, it's just important to me because it just, you know, every morning when I wake up and as we talked earlier, you know, I make my wife breakfast every morning. So I just see it and I remember, you know, where we've been. And then I think about, you know, why I do what I do so we can go make some more memories and where we're going to go next kind of thing. It's just this, just a small reminder about, you know, life. And um, and they're so simple. You just put them on your fridge and they can take you back to different places and memories and enjoyable times. That's awesome. Um, how many, uh, how many is in your collection right now? Oh man, at, at least, at least 50. At least 50. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I think the goal is to get, get, uh, get one from every state in the U S and then expand out to other countries. Yeah. Um, one thing that I, um, recently purchased for work, um, there's a paper folder you can get on Amazon. Uh, it is a little bit pricey, but if you're making uh, collateral for real estate, it literally saved me probably two or three hours the first time I used it, um, just making my first batch of real estate collateral. So definitely something to invest in. You don't even need one personally. You can just get one for the office, and you know everyone can use it that way. But yeah, that's something that definitely saves me a lot of time. Oh, wow. Um, Next, I wanted to talk about, um, let's do, what advice would you give yourself 
Um, if you're about to enter the real world, like let's say you're 18 or you know before the the Navy, what advice what advice has served you well, and which advice should you have ignored? Yes, I mean advice that uh, advice that served me well was um, in high school. I had a mentor, a teacher, a mentor. Uh huh. Um, his name was First Sergeant Carlos Frias. He was an old retired military vet, cool. and every day he would just harp on do the right thing. Just always do the right thing, and then you know what? And I, I, you know, we've probably all found this. If you just do the right thing, no matter how inconvenient, how mm -hmm. hard, whatever it is, in the long run, you're going to be much better off than if you don't. Mm. So that, that that's one thing that I would remind myself when I was little, or, you know, if I was younger, and that um that was probably the best advice I've ever been given today. Just do the right thing. Yeah, and it, it sounds like so simple, right? But um, there's, I mean, the, the, the highest truth is in the simplest things. Like, especially, I've been trying to, you know, get more fit, more healthy. And I know there's friends of mine who are, like, trying to stop smoking or trying to stop, you know, their addictive habits. And uh, something that Russell Brand talks about in his book, uh, Recovery, is it's not about, you know, let's say you're addicted to cigarettes or something. It's not about quitting smoking forever that day. That's too big of a task. And you're just not going not gonna to even start, right? Mm -hmm. It's about not not doing that habit, that moment, that day. Mm -hmm. And then yeah. that expands to, you know, 13, 14 years and then you're clean. <laughs> um, yeah, that's, that's, that's obviously one of the biggest things is, is to keep in mind every day um and meditation does help a lot if anyone is having like trouble you know falling victim to impulses or um you know there, there's some times where you feel like you're out of control of your own mind your own body meditation is definitely really helpful yeah um, I, one thing i do and i don't i don't know if this is really meditation but it could be is you know, when I when I hit that crossroads, I just think about what does it feel like if I don't succumb to that weakness? And then I think about what it's going to feel like if I do succumb to that weakness. And then I decide, you know, which feeling do I want to feel, right? And mm. of course, I want to feel the one that makes me feel great, right? When I when I when I overcome it. So that's I mean, that kind of falls aligned against the meditation, but yeah, that that works for me almost every time. Yeah, that's exactly that's exactly the same uh, result you would get from meditation. Is uh, like there's there's usually a, there's usually whenever you come to a fork in the road with decision making, there's usually a decision that has really short term like instant gratification. Like let's say eating a donut, it's instant yeah. gratification, and then the bill comes later and the bill's really high. Um, yeah. And then there's usually a better route you can take that doesn't have instant gratification, like going for a run at 4:30 in the morning. But long term, you're getting you're getting that payback in, you know, magnitudes. Um, so that's yeah, that's really interesting. Thanks, Wesley. Um, let's uh, let's talk about um, what do you do when you feel overwhelmed or unfocused? Kind of going along that route. Yeah. So when I do hit those those moments where I'm unfocused, I feel like you know, the sky is falling. There's so many things going on. 
mm-hmm. is I, I really just stop and I prioritize and then I execute. So I just try to figure out, okay, I got all these things going on, but what's, what's the thing that's causing me the biggest problem or what's the one thing that I can accomplish to create the biggest impact? And then I just execute on that one thing until it's done. And I find that um, if I typically just follow that approach, I'll, I'll eventually work down the list in a more not chaotic manner but a more methodical manner. And all that outside noise kind of will go away and I won't be so stressed out by it. Do you actually write it down, like, on a piece of paper? Yeah, so I, I will. I'll write down. I'll make a list. Hey, these are the things. This is what it is. And then um, almost like a – I forget what it's called, but, you know, a pro con. Hey, what's the pros of getting this done first? What's the cons if I if I wait? What's the risk? And then I, I go from there. Yeah, that was my next question is how do you decide? Um, so you just you just kind of weigh the pros and cons and just by gut instinct list number one this is you know the highest priority or do you have a do you have a systematic way to do that yeah no i i just try to keep it simple because then i'm the type of person that it might not seem it but like i can get very detailed oriented and go down that path and when i go down that path i realize i spent six hours planning and i only got one hour left to execute right so and and half the time you'll find out you spent that six hours planning to be 100 percent perfect and you go out to execute it and there's so many unforeseen roadblocks that your whole plan just falls apart. So yeah. I, I just I just try to keep it simple, um, as, as close as I can, knowing there's going to be unexpected things that maybe I made a bad decision, but at least now I'm doing something instead of just sitting around being stressed out and not doing anything at all. Yeah, there's definitely a fine balance between planning not like not planning at all and planning way too much and overthinking it and then not executing. Um, yeah. I think both. I think there's two sides of the spectrum, and both of them are not good. But if you can find that sweet spot, then that's you know, obviously where successful people find their flow. Um, and like a, a lot of people don't, they don't write stuff down anymore, which is really interesting. In 2019, everyone just you know has a smartphone, and um, they have like a good idea. They might not even. They might just be like, oh, that's a cool idea. Maybe I'll <laughs> remember it later, and then not, and then forget about it. And then you know that those those great ideas we used to write down when we were like younger, or um, I know back before smartphones, there's there's no way to actually track anything without writing it down. I mm-hmm. think that's something like a visual relationship we had that is kind of going away. Um, so yeah, when prioritizing. Definitely write stuff down, because um, when you use your hands to do stuff, it, it's actually very helpful. There's um, there's a concept that in the human brain, there there's so many more like nerve connections that we have to our hands than we have to the rest of our body. So when you're working with stuff, like if if you're making something out of wood or if you're building something, you're actually learning with your hands. Uh, intuitively and your brain's learning faster that way so writing is a big part of our culture that uh, i think is being lost unfortunately um do you journal at all wesley do you do anything like that yeah yeah and and, like i totally agree with everything you said but yeah i um sorry about my dog there that's okay (laughs) yeah so um yeah I, i i journal um i have like you know a diary that i write of like just personal things that i write in every day and then i have um a work journal, an idea journal kind of thing like you had. Nice. And, yeah. 
And, you know, and I found, too, like, when I'm studying, when, when I was going to school, I would always have note cards, and I would write down all the details, and I never reviewed the note cards. But, like you are saying, just a simple act of writing it down made it stick in my memory. Yeah, it's that, it's that uh, you know, kinesthetic part of learning. Um, so... When do you journal every day? Do you do it when you wake up or when you like before you go to bed or just when you whenever you have time? Yeah, so I, I try to do it every day in the morning. Okay. Um, in, in the mornings, I my my goal in the morning is just get as much personal stuff done as I can, mm-hmm. um, and for various different reasons. And in the evening time is just more decompress kind of thing. But yeah, so in the morning, you know, I'll journal. You know, what happened the day before? Any thoughts? Maybe some memory that's stuck in my mind from from the past just to detail it um and log it but yeah that's when i do it yeah that's great um tim ferris has this morning routine he does every every day and he's like you know try and journal for five minutes um do any affirmations you may have meditate if you if you can and uh exercise in the morning i know it's i know it's hard to get up and you know go work out it takes a lot of discipline but um every time i every time i manage to get the willpower to do it or set a schedule for myself i find that i have like even more energy like if i don't work out usually i'm pretty sleepy after lunch like that around that time but if i go for a run in the morning even if i had three or four hours of sleep i would be just you know just amped up you know yeah do you uh find time to exercise like based off your schedule or do you try and get it done in the morning yes same thing I, I, I try to do it in the morning yeah um, and then if, if I can't really do like a good exercise at least I do some form of stretching some sort of physical activity just just for five minutes yeah um you know and it, it's mostly just a mental thing it's like hey that that's a small battle in the war for the day check we did it we won let's continue this winning streak nice yeah, and people don't people don't get where they are um, just by you know winning one thing. It's winning consistently, and keep and and knowing how to get back up. Right, the most successful people are also the biggest failures failures at some time in their life. They're you know Steve Jobs was publicly you know fired from Apple. Mm-hmm. And, He's a legend in our society because of the impact he made. Um, there's a ton of people like that. Um, cool. This is yeah. This has been really cool, uh, Wesley. We're pretty much uh, coming up on 30 minutes here. Do you have anything that you wanted to add or anything that you wanted to talk about? No. Um. Yeah. I just I just really appreciate the, this time and and this opportunity and. Yeah, man. I mean, the only thing I would leave, and again, this is this is a Jocko thing, and I just kind of keep things simple. But you know, if you just take ownership of everything in your life, like you are the leader of your life, and if you just take ownership of that, the good and the bad, your life was going to be so much better than it was the previous day. And so, if you just have that attitude, and things things are going to be better. And I think this is um, this is great, man. Thanks for the time. Thanks again, Wesley. Yeah, hey, thanks a lot, Kevin. Hope you have a great day, man. Yeah, you too. All right.